Welcome back to the Baptist Catholic Show. In this episode, we're going to be addressing the question, what if my spouse isn't Catholic? Hmm. Stay tuned. The Baptist Catholic Show is a podcast exploring the what and how of Catholicism with Baptist fervor. If you enjoy this show, please subscribe and share. Welcome back to the Baptist Catholic Show. We've got Skylar, Casey's sister here. My with sister. Us. Yeah. Um, and she's going to talk about what it's like and some practical ways uh, if you don't have a spouse or if you have a spouse, I guess, rather, that is not Catholic. Now, before we do that, though, Skylar, welcome back into the Baptist Catholic Show. Hey, it's great to be here. I'm honored. <laughs> okay, stop sounding so convincing, all right? Uh, but no, before, cool. we jump, before we jump into the specific topic for the day, real quick, people can go back in the archives of the Baptist Catholic Show, used to be Catholic on Purpose Show, and find your full-fledged story about how you came to the church. You're also a convert. Right, right. Uh, mm-hmm. in the Catholic Church, or, in case you didn't know that. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I almost forgot. So just but a, but a brief recap, what were some of the things that b- brought you into the church? What, what, how was that? Just a real quick. Um, the, the Eucharist, I think key point there, um, we got to digging into like, um, uh, like my husband wasn't a member at our little Baptist church. And but and so he was like denied their like Lord's Supper, and so they got the wheels turned. Like, hey, what? Like that kind of thing. Um, of course, your all's conversion that got us that got us thinking about it, and well, got me thinking about it and digging in. Stuff started to make sense. Get a little suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so you two like me were both Baptists, right? We came to the church. So now that you're you're in the Catholic Church, how many years ish? What is this year? 2021. 21. I came into the church 2004. Nope, 15. 2015. Cool. Yeah. So <clears throat> since coming into the church, obviously a lot of life has happened for you. <laughs> now, how many littles do you have? What's going on? So we have uh, three under three. Um, tomorrow, big three three birthday. It'll be three tomorrow. The oldest. Uh, yeah, our oldest. So it's been crazy. Uh, <laughs> been pregnant. And then, and then how old's Oki? Oki's uh, eighteen months, and then Ruthie is three months. Yeah. So we got to wow. didn't know that. That's interesting information. <laughs> <laughs> People are like, wow, what a terrible brother. <laughs> They're also godchildren, so we don't keep up with anybody. Oh, yeah. In a real way, I'm the godfather. Okay. I've picked the best ones I could find. No, I could find. I could find. Yeah. Okay, so how has that been? So you got three hundred three. Okay, how's wagging them to mass and all that good jive stuff? But that's just working. Because <clears throat> we have no experience with this, by the way. 
last right well so far with the the most recent edition um it's it's been struggle bus it's we've been struggling a little bit (laughs) i'm just thinking about your oldest going to mass it was leo right that went to mass and um pulled down his pants and because he wanted to get comfortable Okay, listen, I didn't think we were hashing everything out on this show. My kids are perfect angels in mass. We do not even do that kind of thing. They never even make a peep. <laughs> no, yeah, Leo, um, I, I mean, the three-year-old, yeah, one day he was like, I mean, they get to run around the house and, you know, whatever, play clothes. Sometimes they get a little hot, I guess. I got take his britches off whatever we're potty training too i mean he's he's pretty much potty trained so for a long time we didn't wear diddly squat <laughs> all right so oh dude in the back pew because because of things like this um <laughs> i looked over and he's got his britches down so i was like pull them up this is how it's gonna be this is how it's gonna be all right okay whatever oh, it's it's been tough this transition i've got to get a routine in and um you know she's only three months old and oki is just just a terror right now at at 18 months it's just and it's just a rough age i feel like they're you know wanting to get into everything they don't listen real well so and and most of the time i go alone um you know i mean sometimes i look up and bailey you know our sister is there or you know grand grandma is there and they can kind of be at the other end of the pew but um it's a it's we're in a transition period mm-hmm. trying to yeah. figure out how to wrangle them and and everything with the new addition so for the most part how have uh, other have other parishioners been supportive has it been kind of one of those things where you've got some dirty looks or no no bad looks i mean as a as a mom or dad taking your kids you feel like everything is like mag like everything's so loud you just want them to shut their little pie holes you know and they're screaming it sounds so loud but to <laughs> other people it's like you know not a big deal yeah. and i say that because whenever i hear somebody else's kid i'm like you know nope. whatever it's it's not that bad you know and then they're taking their kid out so i'm like oh man i hate that for them but um no everybody's been really supportive offer you know they offer help and i just had somebody come up to me today and say you know i would have helped you you know the other day when kids was acting cray (laughs) excuse the word cray no she didn't say that she only came up to me because we ended up leaving well you know because it it just was not happening it was just not a day it was it was a daily mass trial you know trial which just burned to the ground (laughs) it was so bad but um so we ended up leaving early and and she saw that she saw the terrible disaster but anyways um and was reaching out and was like you know I would have helped you if you wanted to stay that kind of thing so everybody's really really nice really supportive encouraging you know been there done that kind of thing you know yeah, right. they've had kids or you know it's not a it's not a new thing you know bringing you know having kids in church and and kids acting out you know it's it's kids it's part of it so 
everybody's been really really helpful and stuff well that's good and i think it's a it's a good point to, to dwell on because i think there are a lot of probably folks out there who get the opposite or maybe get a few of those dirty looks and feel like well if that's yeah. the case i won't bring children to mass anymore or i won't right. go to more and so they get rubbed the wrong way and um just a lesson for us all the parents to to keep on keeping on and mm -hmm. other parishioners to be supportive and mm -hmm. reaching out and so well, that's good now go ahead well you had said there you go to mass alone for the most part you know um which is what we're talking about that your your husband's not not catholic and so is that harder do you think that makes it harder like going to mass without yeah. you no know, i mean it's just you right yeah it, it definitely is because i mean he's the only other person at home right laying down like laying down the law you know what i mean so um like as my equal in parenting you know they're going to listen to him versus you know they're going to try to knock grandma out of the pew to get out you know what i'm saying so so it's it's helpful to have that other parent there and, and he has gone before you know and and on occasion and um when that kind of thing happens and one of the kids freaks out he knows when to grab one of them and and take them out and can bring them back in um that's happened maybe a couple times that he's been with me it's he's not he's he's gone before it's not that he's never gone with me but he doesn't go regularly yeah it's very rare so i'm curious on that point before we jump into kind of more of the nitty-gritty here so how did he handle then because like you said he, he came into our little baptist church before he made the transition over to catholicism how did he handle the transition from baptist to Catholic in your particular, was it just well, kind of like, Catholic, a, if you will. <laughs> uh, how did he handle that? Or was it kind of just a nonchalant, like, well, good for you? Um, well, it was, it kind of had different um, phases. So yeah. when I first started digging into it, um, I was super excited learning, learning stuff. Actually, um, if you watch my other episode, um i talked about going to you know going to casey and aaron's house going to y'all's house and having paper that i wrote yep. all my questions down and got my answers to well i brought those back home uh, whenever i came home and i was like look at this like look at you know it's just amazing like and i just was like did you know this and did you know that going down my my paper yeah. and um he was kind of like excited. I don't think so much for like about the information, but that I was so excited. Like he's like, wow, you know, I didn't know that and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and then after that, you know, I'm working on my my personal journey, digging in. Um, we move one of those many times that we move <laughs> and I start going to RCI. You have a number. How many times you all moved? Dog, it's like up near fifteen or something. Uh, fifteen, <laughs> sixteen, twenty-three. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, and so I'm going to classes, and I decide I'm gonna, you know, yeah, this is this is where it's at. And uh, I think he was a little bit 
taken off guard. He knew I was looking into it and going to classes and stuff, but I don't think he thought it was going to happen so soon. RCIA class? Yes, I was in our, and he had come to a couple of them, but it was, it was like hit or miss. It, it, it was like something he was going with me, um, just kind of learn, but he hadn't, it hadn't like snagged him like it, like it had me. So anyways, I think it kind of took him off guard whenever I, I jumped in, um, you know, so wholeheartedly and, and so it got a little rocky there. Um, you know, I think, I, I think my problem was I pushed too hard. I was too excited. Yeah. Um, this relates to the last episode that Casey did yeah. by himself, if anybody. Yeah. Five ways to alienate everyone. <laughs> Scott okay. likes to engage in yeah. that. Just, just like <laughs> so I, I just, I think I pushed, I was, I was excited. I didn't feel like I was pushing too hard because I was excited. I just wanted him to know what I knew. I wanted him to feel what I felt. Um, but I did, I pushed too hard and basically pushed him away. Um, in a sense of like, it, it turned him off to it. You know, he wasn't, um, even if it wasn't his thing to begin with and, you know, and he decided, well, I'm not going to do that right now. Now he definitely wasn't because I just went too gung ho. Um, I mean, and, and looking back, you know, you, you wish you could do things differently, you know, not, not be so pushy and stuff like that, but you know, it is what it is. You can't, you can't change it. So that's, that's where we were. It was pretty rocky for a long time. Um, me, me kind of shoving it at him. And then it, it turned into, I didn't want him to like resent it or resent me even. So I kind of like shut it down. So there was like no discussion, no anything, you know, and, and we didn't have kids at this point. So there was really no like I wasn't trying to hide my faith or anything but um I wasn't doing prayers out loud or um you know you know what I mean like the stuff that you do with your kids like and trying to teach them and the things that your day-to-day stuff that you're doing um so it was kind of like a silent period I didn't want to I didn't want to push him any further um and now we're kind of in a sweet spot um I'm, I'm vocal about my faith and I do stuff with the kids. We do our prayers. We, um, you know, I'll, I'll take Leo to mass with me, um, or, or, you know, just that kind of thing. And, and I talk about it pretty normal and it just, it's just there now, you know, I don't push, but I don't hide. So it's just kind of, that's good. Just kind of there. So yeah, he respects he respects that so we got to a spot where it's it's pretty steady awesome so what what would you say has been i know you kind of recounted some of that then what's the hardest thing and maybe it's a practical like we were talking about earlier managing the kids maybe it's more uh, deeper than this but what's the most difficult thing i mean we kind of take for granted we 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 had the blessing of both coming in together um reading the same books and then ending up on the same journey together. Um, some couples, it's, it, you know, they live their whole lives and one of them does their thing. The other goes to mass and um, some eventually, you know, when, when over the Holy Spirit gets to the other spouse and they both, you know, are. So what's the hardest thing about right now having a spouse outside of the, the church? 
Um, well, I think when um, I first came into the church, it was um, like, like mentally, it was that longing that I had for him to be there, like um, to be Catholic. I just wanted him so badly to be Catholic and, and see what I saw and, and experience that. Um, I think that was, that was the biggest thing then. Of course, I, I, I will always have hope that he converts and, and, you know, I'm, it's not that that's any less, um, but that was almost like, almost consumed me. Yeah. Thinking like he needs, he needs this. I need him to, to be this, you know? Um, now it's, it's still in my heart. I, you know, I pray for his conversion and, you know, I always will, but it's it's not it's not like dragging me under you know you know so um now more than anything it's it's probably like with the kids you know there's there's that aspect of it would be nice to have somebody um there to help me wrangle the kids so I could take everybody to mass because I don't always take all the kids you know to mass I'll I'll take our oldest or or something like that um but also he he's um like a, a big role model they they see dad and you know and and they're gonna start wondering why dad isn't and you know go to, to church with us and and so I think about that a lot and I don't know I'm I'm like thinking about future problems so that that weighs on me but but I, I mean other than that I think I have, I have grown, um, spiritually from that, that just almost a selfish desire of needing him to be Catholic. He has, he's gotta be Catholic. You know, I always have that hope. Um, I always pray for him, but it's not, it's not like <laughs> killing me feeling like, uh, you know, yeah. he's gotta do it or nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, no, I, I, I yeah perfect and i was thinking too you know it's uh we uh, i think that is a, a sign of maturity you know as we've, we've gone on this path i think we, me and you are like me you and aaron are all like in that the initial maybe not aaron here it's been mature the whole time but <laughs> i haven't so the, the initial push is just you know everyone needs to become because in your at least where you're at now when you've converted when you come to the church everything is so clear or at least what why you understood. wouldn't you want to do this that's exactly. what i feel like it is and it doesn't come out of a, a mean place at all it just is too much for other people but right. the lord just not uh, hasn't opened them to that at that point and that's not to say like anything bad about them it's just the lord has his own time for things yeah right and but even it's just funny because you come like you said it's an interesting way like consumed and it it almost drags you under it almost portrays a, a lack of trust in god right no, not, exactly yes absolutely you have to be you have to even though you would say things like well the holy spirit will i just pray that the holy spirit will convert his heart or whatever it yeah. really you're acting out and and feeling though as though you were the one that's going to affect this change like right. i've got to be the one to cram this down his throat because if i don't he won't 
And so that's yeah. a betraying a lack of trust in God and leaving it in his hands. That's not, and, and I, I like what you said too about being in the sweet spot. It's not that you just totally shut things off because right. that's one of the most effective, effective witnesses, right, is living your life mm-hmm. very Catholic Caught in front of time. others that, that's not in your, that's not shoving right. it in your throat. Because I mean, reflect about to where we were at the beginning of our own treks towards Catholicism, even if we didn't know it was a trek towards Catholicism at that point. If anybody had come up to us in an abrasive way and said, you need to take, you need to do this, you need to become Catholic, we would have recoiled and went, oh, back up. What are you even talking about? Like, no mm-hmm. thanks. And it might have even sent us in a different direction. So keeping right. that in is an yeah. important point just in general in our interactions and uh, attempts to evangelize other people not just our spouses so right yeah. Yeah, anyway so what are some things then branching off of that so what are some things i think you've already kind of highlighted some so you might just distill them back or whatever some things you've learned about engaging with your spouse with your husband about topics of faith so where did you you know how did you start and some of the errors bumps along and then now kind of you said you're at a sweet spot so so what are some maybe some tips or well just things that you've learned and then we'll talk about tips in a minute so i think for our relationship in in particular um for us just just living out my faith at home is is like the best um tactic i don't know like the best route for us um for instance like if we're in the car uh, like, like today we had a long car ride. Um, and so I asked him, um, can I, can I pray my rosary? Like, are you okay with that? Instead of music or whatever was on, can I pray my rosary? And I put my little audio on and, and pray with whoever's praying. Um, and he's like, sure. So while I'm praying my rosary, they give, you know, a little description of each decade. Um, and at one point, uh, what were, what was it today? Um, um, yes he it was one it was one part in particular oh that uh when jesus descends into hell right it says that he, the descent into hell just like that and so he was like right into to hell and uh, so that opened up a, a you know a chance for me to to talk about it and and explain what that meant you know and cool. um so just, just stuff like that, um, naturally, just letting things come up naturally. Um, don't, you know, I don't, if something is like, I find uh, out something new, or I learned something new, I might bring it up. Um, like, did you know this kind of thing? Or, you know, like, I'm like, it excites me kind of thing. Mention it. Um, but other than that, pretty natural i i i I let him come to me does Mm -hmm. that make sense yeah um yeah i let him come to me yeah i like that example of the the rosary because it it it's a it's good it's like a two-punch deal okay you (laughs) asked him i don't mean like you're trying to like i don't mean that at all but you 
So that was something you wanted to do in the car, like your all's car. Okay, so it's not it's not as if you came into like his territory that he was doing. You know, you didn't alienate him by saying, "Now we're going to do some Catholic things." Right? But you were on a car and you wanted to pray your rosary. You didn't you didn't tell him or beg him to pray the rosary with you or you know whatever. You just were doing it. He's happens to be an audience to it because he's in the same vehicle. and, and, and this is not out of the blue. This is this is not yeah. like a, I never pray my rosary unless we're like he's in the car with me. Like yeah, yeah. Like because there's been several times he's gotten in the car and I'm finishing my rosary, or mm-hmm. you know, so he knows that it happens that I do it with or without him. Um. So so it's not like a uh oh we're in the car together. Hey, can I pray yeah. my rosary today? Is people can yeah. smell inauthenticity. Right. So I can smell when you are trying to just beat me over the head to to hope that I become Catholic or whatever you want, which is which is not right. But what I liked about that is you were doing something really Catholic in a non-intrusive, beating you over the head way, and it prompted a question from him. You know, he reflected on something about the faith that he might have never ever contemplated beforehand. I think that. So if, if one extreme is beat somebody with the catechism and tell them you're going to hell if you're not becoming Catholic, like in two seconds. Okay. If that's one extreme, the other extreme is, well, I just won't ever, ever, ever bring it up. I don't want to make anybody mad. I don't want to make anybody feel uncomfortable. I'll just be super quiet about it. This is my private little thing that I only, I only do. Like, it doesn't have to be either or. Like it doesn't, it, it In there, a, both of them. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It'd be a happy medium where you find ways. I think that's perfect. And, and something that I think other people need to hear. Like you, you can be boldly Catholic and not be intrusive yes. or rude or annoying or pestering. I thought that, I thought, I thought you had to be both. That's why people got frustrated with me for a long time. And Aaron's looking at me like she still gets frustrated with me, which is not the case. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, so, I mean, so that's cool. So they prompted that, that discussion about entering you know into hell so that's you never know maybe he's he'll think about that later too and more questions will come up so that's cool so living your faith out in a really bold way yet non-intrusive way so i wonder and i think you wanted to you had a little story for us but what are some tips all right if like if you're looking at another lady or, or a man or whatever they have a spouse they're not catholic maybe they're not interested really right now about being catholic what are some wise words or tips that you have, or maybe that you've heard from other really wise people uh, about this and how to deal with it? So I think, um, I think I would say one, don't push too hard. Um, You may not even realize you're pushing, you know, just, you know, it's okay. Like share your excitement, but but then settle down. uh, Does that make sense? Uh, um yeah well that was in our situation you should yeah. settle down no but uh yeah don't push too hard um because it's fragile you're in a fragile state when you're you know contemplating this new faith and somebody's looking into it you, you just got to be more sensitive i feel like um and it's not all or nothing you know it doesn't have to be right now or never right you know it it, it could be way later you know have hope that that they will um 
convert, you know, but it doesn't necessarily, it doesn't have to be now. Um, and that goes back to um, ultimately trusting in God and, and in his time. And um, like, I'm, I'm a part of like some groups on Facebook for Catholic wives. It's like, yeah, you can have, you can get on there and um, ask for advice or, you know, find like people, like situations, that kind of thing. Um, and there was a post that I read and, and I, I went to the comments and, um, there was one comment in particular that really stood out to me. Um, if I could rewind time and go back to when I was first looking into Catholicism and I'm so excited, I was pushing too hard. I wish I had had, um, this woman's outlook, um, on my current situation you know what I was going through um but I'm gonna I'm gonna read a, a part of her um comment and this is this is Becca McCracken she 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 told me I could give her a little shout out there you know not, mm -hmm. not giving out info <laughs> no permission okay she says um let's see here oh her her husband is was raised catholic um, but it's currently atheist. And she says, I tell my raised Catholic, but currently atheist husband all the time that I love him just as he is. And I know his journey with God is between him and God. But I still talk about my faith as if it's the most normal thing ever, because it is for me. She goes on to say, I am 100% sure my husband is going to be an amazing revert, but in his time capital H. So in, in God's time, not her husband's time, not her time in God's time. Yeah. So she, she knows in her heart, you know, it's going to happen. It's just, it might not happen now. It might not happen for a long time, but she has hope, you know, it, it's going to happen. He's going to be awesome. He's going to have a story to tell with it whenever he ends up coming back to the church, you know, and I just, I think that goes to show, like, if you're in this struggle, you know, you want your spouse um, to be there with you. I get it, but it's, it's not all or nothing. Don't lose that hope for them coming, you know, later on or, you know, and, and, and don't not trust God's plan. You know, there's a reason that, that it's playing out the way it is. So have a little more faith, I guess that it's going to happen. Cool. And well, and one of the tips that you already talked to, you mentioned is prayer, like praying for your spouse. Absolutely. Um, and consistently, and I did a novena with a friend of mine whose husband is not Catholic. Um, we did Mary under of knots novena mm -hmm. for him, you know, so even things like that, and it was just the two of us praying a novena together for him and like, yeah, it didn't, it wasn't magic, you know? It's right. not, no, like, absolutely. And, but not only, are, not only are you, you praying for him and that's helping him. Um, what I've noticed in, in picking up consistent, consistent prayer for my husband, not just, oh yeah, I need to pray for him. You know, like at one point I was going through a phase where it was like, it felt like I was almost hopeless. Like it's, it's not going to happen kind of thing. You know, I was not putting, you know, 
my trust in God. I was just like, yeah, it's just not. Um, and I was not consistently praying for him. And, um, one thing I've noticed since I've picked up that consistent prayer is like, I, I am at more at peace. Um, it's, it's helped me, you know, I know, I know somebody, me, I know somebody is praying for him every single day, you know? And so my heart feels better. And, and since, since doing that, so, you know, and I know, I know my prayers are being heard. It just might not, you know, my prayers may not be answered. Um, right in my time you know what when I think would be a good time because I thought that was a long time ago you know what I'm saying <laughs> that's why that's our that's our response and how we were you know I didn't you hook me up with my Catholic husband six years ago you know what I mean but it's not it's just not not time yet yeah. and that's how that's how I'm looking at it um from now on moving forward not this is never going to happen because of all these discussions we've had that didn't turn out you know how I wanted it or or he seemed so against it um it's just not yet yeah. not yet yeah and I and because I know you I think one of the other things that I see you do a lot too is um asking for intercession from the saints like yes. you have a devotion to Saint Monica yes and that kind of thing just the yeah, um, yeah you don't have to dig too deep to find a saint that has gone through something at, at least similar or that you can relate to or you know that you feel like they could with their intercession they could help you out um so definitely utilize their their intercessions and because it's it's definitely helped and and find other people that may have experienced what you're going through or you know, have seen situations like this or can relate, um, because it helps. It helps. Yeah. And talking about, I mean, just briefly, you know, for those who don't know who St. Monica is. Yeah. Right. So mama of, of the great St. Augustine. Right. And I mean, just think about the, you know, of course the consistent prayer that she gave and, and, and the nights and that it would go by that would continue to roll by and, there had to be times where she felt like this is never going to happen. This will yeah. never happen. And she didn't pray. She wasn't praying for the guy to become a, a, a giant theologian, one of the most important Catholic theologians that history's ever seen. <laughs> you know, uh, she was just praying that he would come to the Lord, you know, come and become Catholic and, and, and follow the truth. And the floodgates were opened. Yeah. Uh, now that's not to say that that's that is going to happen exactly every time exactly that way but right. i mean it, you hope that they keep pushing you know push through the the hopelessness and the frustration and the anger and the worry yeah. and p- place your trust in god right? yeah she, she didn't give up she just she kept she kept going mm-hmm. say yep that's that's that this is how it's going to be it's been crappy for a long time so it's just gonna be crappy no she kept pushing through and um yeah so it reminds me too in a way not really related to this per se but of of, um now he's pope saint john the 23rd he would 
he would say, I don't know if he did it every night when he went to bed, but it was, it was said that he, he would say something like, um, you know, with all the craziness going on in the church, of course, he's the one who called the Second Vatican Council, right? Um, and there was a lot of pushback on that and stuff. And, and towards the end of the day, he'd say, all right, Lord, it's your church. I'm going to bed. Like, <laughs> like that realization right. that this does not all depend on me. Like, I'm not the one that's carrying this, this, whatever it is, whether it's the universal church or, you know, your spouse or, or your children or whatever, at the end of the day, let it go, let it, leave it to the Lord. Mm -hmm. Because I mean, think about it. Think about all the people who are not Christian. Are we saying God's not doing his job because they're not, you know, he's yeah. got plenty of sons and daughters who have walked away and that continue to do so. That, yeah. So he's not a bad dad because of that happens. Right. It's um, yeah. so anyway, yeah, absolutely. It's always to have hope, right. Always to have hope yeah. and, to, and to trust. Mm -hmm. All right, friends. Well, uh, thank you, Skylar, for being on mm -hmm. with us to discuss. I think what is a really, really important topic. I think mm -hmm. people can feel isolated and alone. Like they're, like they're the only person going through this but that's obviously not the case um and of course and especially as converts i feel like mm -hmm. a lot of this can hold people back from coming into the church oh well my spouse isn't going to so mm -hmm. yeah, i know in a deal if they're not you know so yeah, yeah we don't yeah you, know, you got to push through that if if yeah. you got to go it solo we're going it solo come on now y'all <laughs> It's, it's, it's worth you it. gotta come home whether it's you know by yourself or not right now <laughs> that's so great hashtag country catholics <laughs> until next <laughs> we hope to see you right back here on the, the, Bad, the catholic, catholic show, show. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the Baptist Catholic Show. If you like this episode, please consider subscribing and share. And may God bless you all.